Since you enjoy this show, I thought I'd throw out there another podcast you might like. It's a show about the intersection of design, technology, and the creative process. It's the Design Better podcast. And in each episode, hosts Eli Woolery and Aaron Walter bring you conversations with inspiring creative thinkers like John Cleese and David Sedaris, people who bring design and technology together like Tony Fadal, co-inventor of the iPhone and the iPod. So far, some standout episodes for me have been when they talk to John Cleese of Monty Python about creativity. That is one of my favorite topics and one of my favorite people. Then also one of my favorite musicians, Tycho, about his creative process. And they talk with Seth Godin about how creativity is an act of generosity. I've always been fascinated by design, the creativity behind it, the implementation of it, both to improve our lives from a functionality and user interface standpoint, also from an artful bringing beauty into the world approach. So whether you're a design curious person like me or a design pro, Design Better is a great listen that inspires and informs. Subscribe to the Design Better podcast at designbetterpodcast.com or in your favorite podcast app like the one you're using right now. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher, and this is the show where we talk to the people behind the productivity. This week we're talking with someone that's behind the productivity, or I should say productivity system, of many people. I'm talking to Amir Sally Hefendich of Todoist. In this conversation I had with Amir, we talked about creating your own personal productivity system, how he follows through on what he calls task list zero. And we get into not bogging down your task list with ideas and potential tasks, but rather putting the proper things on your to-do list. And I know that sounds a little bit oversimplified, but something about this conversation with Amir and hearing that again as I listened back through that conversation, where he talks about that, I, I mean, I point blank say, how do you decide what to put on your task list? And he says, I put on there the stuff that I really need to do, and then I decide by priority. And for me to hear that, at first I'm thinking, okay, well, that's that's an answer. But as I thought about it more, it is really that simple. And I need you to listen to this episode to dig in a little bit deeper beyond that surface level answer, because it's actually a really clarified answer. We overcomplicate things when it comes to making the lists of the things that we decide that we need to do. And in fact, he goes even further and even deeper into this idea when he compares the two approaches people do when it comes to productivity and deciding which tasks to do. That they either go one way of being a mercenary where they just hit everything or they are mission driven and that he is mission driven. I'm not going to tell you what that means. You're going to have to listen <laughs> to find out. But let's just say I think it aligns a lot more with what I want to do moving forward in terms of deciding what tasks I'm doing and then prioritizing them. Speaking of something else that can cause you headaches, email. And I want to say thank you first off to SaneBox for supporting this episode of Beyond the To-Do List. SaneBox, and I'm just going to be upfront here, was something that I had written off a while ago as something that tried to do too much with my email. As time has gone on, I will admit, SaneBox, I was wrong. SaneBox will transfer your insane inbox into a SaneBox. 
it's doing that with me right now. It has been for a while as I've been training, or I should say SaneBox has been training, my inbox. SaneBox sorts through your email for you and moves all of the trivial stuff to different folders and different places. It's like having a digital assistant for your email, and not all of us can afford to have that. However, you can afford SaneBox, and in fact, you can afford to try it for free with no credit card and get an extra $25 credit on top of the two-week free trial. Again, you don't need a credit card to do it, so you need to go try it out. To do that, all you need to do is go to SaneBox.com slash to-do. SaneBox.com slash to-do, S-A-N-E-B-O-X dot com slash T-O-D-O. That is a free two-week trial of SaneBox and a $25 credit on top of that. Let SaneBox be a time saver for you to transform your email inbox. Let SaneBox take your email inbox insanity and transform it into a SaneBox. Thank you, SaneBox, for supporting Beyond the To-Do List. Well, this week it is my privilege to welcome Amir Sally Hefendich of Todoist. Welcome, Amir. Thank you, Eric. It's awesome to be on your show. So you, as I was looking you up, you have done something that I did not, did not even know was uh, part of your past, which was you created Plurk. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is uh, correct. And did you try Plurk? I, I think that I did. I honestly don't remember. It was so long ago. And it was one of those things where, uh, because I worked in social media at the time and still do, but it was one of those things where, yeah, it was out there and, and a lot of people were, were very gung ho about it. And then it kind of slowly, you know, at some point just kind of, cause I'm, I mean, even me saying it right now, I think some people are going to say, wait, what's Plurk? (laughs) You know? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we had like a uh, pretty good growth at some period, and then it kind of uh, like died, and Twitter just uh, won over us. Yeah. yeah, but basically, we were a competitor to to Twitter. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that was the, anyway. I had to throw that out there because I thought that was really interesting. I had no idea that, uh, and and obviously, you moved on and did bigger and and better things with uh, Doist and to Doist. And so actually, let's start there. So you are the founder of to Doist and Doist. What's the difference between those two things? Because I think some people might get confused. Uh, so ba- basically, to Doist is, uh, is a product and Doist is a company that makes the product. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so right now, we only have uh, one product, so it does not really make much sense, but we are developing a new product. So oh, it's cool. kind of, it will make sense maybe in a few months. Okay. You obviously were already, you know, interested in creating new things and and you created Plurk, but at what point did you decide, okay, I, I'm going to have to create a task management or a, a productivity software system for yourself. And then at what point did that morph into, Oh, I'm going to make this for everybody. Um, basically, actually, I created Todoist first, and then I created Plurk. Okay. Uh, yeah. So basically, uh, I, I, you know, when I started Todoist, and I have said this many times, I didn't really like see it as a huge thing, or like uh, I basically made it for myself, 
And I was still like a student coding inside a dorm room uh, by myself. And I basically like, made it for myself and then I published it and then it got popular. So like, uh, you know, a lot of the people that start companies or products right now are going to make this super huge thing and people will love it. Like I, I didn't really see it as, as that. And that's also why I actually abandoned, or like almost abandoned the project between like 2007 and 2000, maybe 10 or 11, where I didn't really work that much on Todoist. Like I, I worked on Plurk. Then at some point, like I figure out, you know, I have a lot of users, active users that are paying for Todoist that really love the product. And I have basically, like, you know, not done my work on it. So that's why when I returned back and, and did this full time and did it properly. Yeah. That's interesting. So you started off making Todoist for yourself first. Is there any kind of is, so that's that's right, right? You like you created it for you first. You needed it for you and so your standard was what am I going to use, <laughs> you know? Exactly. So basically, you know, I didn't do any user research or something like that. Like I just, you know, imagined how this should look like and I just did it. And also like most, like in 2007, most of the other products and solutions that were out there were really, really bad. So I didn't really like, like any of them. And that's why I basically built this tool. And that's one of those things that comes across when people are afraid to maybe start something or create something is that they say, well, somebody else is already doing it first. And you saw what was out there and you just decided, no, you know what? I can make something better than what's already out there. Yeah, I mean, I think like when you start stuff, you really need to have like this naive vision of things uh, because like uh, you can't really come up with an original idea that nobody has done before. Uh, and especially, you know, in, in uh, productivity apps, like right now there's like thousands of them. So it's kind of like, you know, if you try to, to do something that nobody has done before, like good luck with that. Like I don't think you can find it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. I mean, a lot of people will, when we get into that discussion of what productivity app or apps do you use, it, it really comes down to ease of use or user interface or back-end support and kind of all of the above because there's really not, at least not at this point, there's not a lot of new ground necessarily to break. It's did you cover the bases and did you cover them well? Yeah, exactly. And I think also like productivity systems are very, very hard to do because like they are so personalized and you know what works for one person might not work for another person. And even like Todoist itself, like people are using it in so many different ways. Uh, so I don't think and that's maybe also one of the reasons why nobody has really like nailed and made like the perfect solution and like has like hundreds of millions of active users. Uh, like most you know products have a few million users, and then it's like that. There's like no clear market re leader right now. So you created Todoist out of necessity for your own self, and you said at one point you stepped away, or not necessarily stepped away, but you you weren't do it. You weren't actively working on it for a season. What caused that? Um, I mean, it basically, like Plurk caused that, and I invested a ton of time, uh, you know, running Plurk, developing Plurk. So basically, I didn't really have the time to work on Todoist. This said, like, I have actually used, I think, the product every day since 2007. 
So I was still like an active user and I still maintain it, but I didn't really like develop for it. And even some of the stuff, for instance, mobile support, like we had a great mobile support in 2011. It's like, you know, uh, maybe three or four years after mobile really got popular right. and usable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think like also we were a bit lucky that we didn't like just got run over by our competitors because we were so late to actually do like core improvements to the product. I know that I learned about it uh, somewhere in 2010 or 11, I believe. So that would have been somewhat after you actively were back pushing to do it forward at that point. Uh, yeah, that's uh, most uh, likely. Yeah. As you started off creating Todoist, uh, was it? I mean, I, I assume it was just you when you started Todoist. How large was the team, and how large has it grown to? I think you're at least fifty people now, right? Uh, yeah. So basically, like uh, between 2007 and 2011, we were like one or two persons team. So like I had myself and maybe a support person. And then after 2011, that's basically when we built the company and hired a bunch of people and are like really investing heavily into this. Right now, as of, well, this recording is July 2016. So almost 10 years later, you're at what, 50 or just over 50 people? Um, Yeah, I think it's about 50 people. Let's talk a little bit about that, though. Like, how have you... As time has gone on, I mean, obviously there was a season where it was, yeah, one or two people. But at what point did you decide, okay, we need more people? How have you managed scaling your team and doing communication with them and and all that? The thing is, like, at some point I could actually see a bigger vision with Todoist. And, like, I thought we were, like, solving a really important problem. So that's why I started to, like, really invest heavily into this and also hire people build out like a bigger vision for the product and for the company. That's where it basically like uh, started when I could actually see that this could actually be bigger than just a to-do list. And this could have like impact on people's lives. And I think that started probably around maybe 2010 or 2011, where I really could foresee this. Uh, Before that, like it was just a side project for me. Like I didn't really see the bigger potential on this. Um, in terms of like hiring people and scaling and communication, I think like it's very, very difficult to do that. And especially like we have done it without any funding. So like everything is self-funded and bootstrapped from the ground up. The whole company also runs in a very different way that, that most companies do. Like we are a remote first company. We have, I think, people from around 20 different countries working together on this. We also don't really have like pure managers, like Everybody's like a doer, doer manager. And it's like a very democratic and dynamic structure. And you never know like where, where you will end up. Like right now we are focusing on like, um, of course, uh, organization of individuals, but also like organization of teams and then also communication inside companies. So like soon, I think in maybe next three months or six months, we release a communication uh, product that is like focused on team communication. Like in the end, what we want to end up with is like one solution that solves organization of the individual, organization of the team, and then communication inside teams. And I think like with this, we can actually like improve the the lives of people, both like in their personal and professional lives. 
Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people, or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's one of the definite pain points that I've had is increasing the productivity of my own self, but then also increasing or managing productivity across not just myself, but other people. And then communication is is key. I know that you think that, and, and rightly so, that email can be one of the biggest things that derails people's productivity. What are some of the tips and tricks that you do for your email yourself? And how do you maybe teach others to know, you know, what, how, what are the best rules to play by when it comes to email? The thing to note is I basically am like a huge fan of Inbox Zero. So that's basically the way that I, uh, I do email is I go every day and maybe check email two or three times per day where I basically process stuff. And then the stuff that I can't really process, like answer back, uh, I add them as tasks and plan them. And then like if it's an important task, I schedule it like for the next day or maybe even the day that I need to do it. Like, you know, if something is urgent, I try to do it faster. If something is, isn't urgent, I, I postpone it like for next week or, or whatever. And I think for me, this has like really helped a lot on email management. And then also like inside the company itself, we don't really like use that much email for communication. We use our own new product that we are building. So this also offloads a ton of like the email processing that I need to do. And I think like basically right now we are like in a phase where most people use very inefficient things. Like uh, first of all, like most people don't really, they don't have a productivity system. Uh, So that is like very inefficient. But Mm -hmm. then, Teams don't really have productivity systems either. That is also really inefficient. And then, you know, teams and companies, they don't really like communicate in a very efficient way. So all of this, I think, like, is people are just losing, like, a ton of productive time where they could actually, like, be organized and do more stuff and, like, maybe also have more free time and, like, be less stressful if they actually had systems in place uh, and if things were like synchronized instead of like having these arcane systems or no systems at all. I know that you found that uh, or have noticed that a lot of people, instead of creating a system, they end up just winging it. And then other people, maybe they're super organized, but even if they're organized, they're not necessarily being effective or productive. Maybe they're organized and they have a list, but they're not choosing the right things to do, how would you suggest people come up with creating a personal workflow system? 
productivity systems are very personal. So like you need to create something that actually fits one of the problems. I can see a lot of the Todoist users and especially like, you know, very devoted Todoist users they make is based like they are either like micromanaging too much. You know, you should not become a slave of your system. I think like maybe creating a mission statement for yourself and thinking about like, what do you actually want to work on? Like, what are the stuff that is important for you in your daily life, incorporating into your system? And then, like, the system is like a guideline that can help you get there. But, like, it should not be like, a, you know, you have 50 tasks per day that you're just, like, checking off, but, like, it's not really connected to your mission, like, or to the stuff that is important for you. I know that you subscribe to the Inbox Zero thought process what about doing a to-do list zero those things are very connected like every day i actually clean up my my to-do list i get like zero on my to-do list and zero on my email and that makes me like very less stressful to-do list zero and inbox zero they go hand in hand and i think also like if you're not maintaining your systems then it's also like it's better not to have any system because like an incomplete system is worse than probably not having a system. I'm actually not sure what it's worse, but at least like one of the stuff that, that I find really useful is having an up-to-date, up-to-date system where, you know, stuff like important stuff are prioritized. I know like I can go in and look for tomorrow and see like, what do I actually need to accomplish tomorrow? What are my high impact tasks for tomorrow? At least for me, like this, this gives me like a, an overview of my days and also like ability to focus on really high impactful stuff instead of just like checking, you know, random stuff off. So you said that at the end of the day, you go in and you zero out your tasks for the day. Does that mean that you've gotten them all done or are you maybe using that time to reassess or reassign or redelegate to yourself those tasks? In most days, I try to complete about 15 to 20 things. But like a lot of the times, I'm very optimistic on my own productivity. So I don't really complete everything. But then like postpone stuff, I reschedule stuff. I look at tomorrow and see like, what do I need to do? Maybe look uh, for the next week and see, you know, how I can reorganize these things. Um, so I don't really complete everything that I sign to myself, but I try to, to do as much as possible. You fall into that category like the rest of us where I'm going to make this big list and I'm just going to get it all done today. And then we realize, oh, I can't fit it all in today. But one of the things that, I, that I've found, and I wonder if, if you have a, any thoughts on this, is maybe instead of listing off all the different tasks, maybe breaking them into smaller tasks and then maybe putting them into projects and making them more actionable maybe makes it quicker to be able to, you know, check those off or know when the right time to do those tasks really is. Definitely. I use that all the time. I think though, like one of the problems with that strategy is if you overdo it and you split things up in like very small tasks, what I try to do is like maybe split them up in like one hour tasks maximum. So I don't like going and do like you know, something that takes five minutes, I don't add, add that as a task. Like, it's part of the bigger task I'm doing. Yeah, but I could, I definitely recommend, like, splitting work up. It makes it, like, much easier to get an overview of how much you need to do, but also, like, it gives you gratification when you check stuff off and, like, you feel like you're actually 
you're advancing. Yeah, it gives you momentum. Yeah, exactly. Do you ever have that thing happen where you've got something on your list, say, for today, and then you don't get it done today, so you move it to tomorrow? And then you, you know, how many times do you move something forward before you realize, I really need to rethink getting this thing done or when it really needs to be done or if it even needs to be done or done by me? Do you ever have that happen? I mean, of course. I think that we all have like these things that are maybe important, but we don't really want to do them. Uh, yeah, and I think there's like some uh, strategies for this. Like I, I know that some in our team is like a, a fan of a strategy called "Eat the Frog." I think it's called where you basically like start the day off and then you pick like the most annoying tasks that you can that you have on your list, and then you do that task. And it's like eating the frog. And then you gain some momentum and then you can like focus on some of the more fun stuff that you have to do. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and I've used that before and sometimes I do it, sometimes I don't. But it, it's usually dependent upon, you know, what my day looks like. So, and I think that also f- falls into, you know, what's your productivity style? Are you awake enough and have the bandwidth, mental bandwidth enough first thing in the morning to handle that thing? Or do you need to knock a few things that are smaller out first to really feel like you've got momentum enough to tackle that eating that big thing, that frog? For me personally, like I, I, I don't really use that strategy, but I know that some people do in our team and, you know, it's worth trying out. Like for me, I actually, I like to complete some of the smaller stuff, gain some momentum, and then I go and do like some of the stuff that I don't want to do. Let's keep talking about systems. Is there any other key elements to a system in terms of, uh, like, for example, capturing to-do items, like... One of the keys to a system is that you can get access to it anywhere. The thing that's really important for a system is have it everywhere. So like have it inside your email, on your mobile clients, uh, on your computers. The, the other thing I think, and I, I do this a lot, is basically like having your whole life inside the system. So basically like for me, uh, to do this is like how I plan most of the stuff that I do, both in personal and work life. And I think this gives me like a very complete overview of everything I need to do. And I think also like, you know, most people, they want to be good, not only, you know, in their job, but also like in their personal lives. It's really important to also have a system where where you can like have everything inside it and then you can like prioritize and, and overview of what you're actually want to achieve so, for example, so we've said um, you want to be able to access it from anywhere, but say you're out and about and you suddenly realize that not only do you have like a new task that you need to make sure gets done, but then you realize it's actually a project from the start to finish. Like what's the ideation? Like you find you have the idea to the capturing, like what's your capturing mechanism look like? The thing is like we actually have very, very powerful mobile clients. So you can actually do everything that you can do on the desktop you can do on the client. So you could actually go in and like create a project and set it up. The thing I actually don't really do, and I think like a lot of people do this, is they add stuff to their to-do system. This can be like, uh, for instance, ideas they have or like brainstorming and stuff like that. I don't really do this. Like if I have an idea that I want to explore, I use like a text editor, I I write it up uh, and then I explore it that way uh, or like I mock it up or whatever. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, Yeah. For for me, like a to-do system is basically like stuff I need to do and stuff that is planned. It's not like a capturing ideas or like capturing stuff. 
that I maybe want to do. If I'm unsure if I'm going to do it, like then it's not going into Todoist. Like it's going into like a Evernote or another system that that you may use. Like I use IA Writer, write my ideas, and I can do it on mobile and stuff like that. So if I hear what you're saying, you're saying that you're using Todoist as your map for the day because you've already plotted out your course. But if you suddenly realize, hey, I want to go somewhere else, but not today, and I want to think about that, you won't put it in your Todoist. You're going to capture that in IA Writer, but you're going to put it in there so that you can think on it more. And then eventually, once you've decided what to do, then you'll put that into Todoist when you are ready to act on it. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think like Todoist is a, and most task management systems, they are very inefficient for brainstorming or like capturing of ideas. So, so that's at least like my personal style is, uh, I think writing and like mock-ups and like idea exploration outside of like the task system is a much better idea. I like that because sometimes I, we bog down our, our to-do list with ideas and potential tasks and not actual tasks. Uh, We also bog it down with real tasks too. I think you said you have about 15 tasks or so on your list for the day. How do you decide which which make it on there for the day? I mean, I basically put stuff that I really need to do on there. Yeah, so, so, and then I use like priorities to figure out like what is actually really important to do and what is not so important to do. And how I decide on this, like, I, I don't really think I have a process for this. Like, I, I just, like, I think one of the most important aspects is we all have very limited time. You can be very productive working on stuff that does not really matter. So what I try to actually put on my list is, like, high-impact stuff that actually moves things forward and that are important. So that's what I would recommend. Like, always be critical about what you put there, like, does this actually move you forward like in, in your personal, professional life? Does it move your projects forward? Is it really a high-impact stuff? And I think like a lot of people, you know, they are uh, spending a lot of time on, on working on stuff that does not really matter. No, well, not only that, but they're also using some of this limited time that we all have to do things that aren't even related to the the task at hand, whether it's the right task or not, because we get distracted and we get interrupted. Um, have, do you have any kind of strategy for that, how to deal with distractions or interruptions? I think like what I have learned over the years is you have like two styles. You have the mercenary style and then like uh, the mission driven style. And unfortunately, I think like most people are like mis- uh, are like uh, driven not by their mission. They are just doing stuff because they need to do them. And maybe like also the life they are living is reflected by this. So I think like what is really important, both like in the personal and the professional life is like maybe become more mission driven. So like, you know, know like what kind of person do you want to be? Uh, you know, what kind of work do you want to do? Uh, is this meaningful work or not? And then maybe connect your productivity system to this. So it's like, connected to the overall, you know, uh, your mission in life. And then I think it becomes much easier to actually prioritize stuff. So basically, like, I think uh, switch off from being like a mercenary, you know, just like 
doing stuff without any connection to like like what you're passionate about or what do you want to achieve in, in this life. So for me, personally, like what has really been a huge change I have made is basically like become much more mission driven and also like the company that we have built is built on like a mission. It's not like built on, you know, let's just do this product, sell it and earn some money. Since it is a company that's based around productivity, do you guys have any company-wide productivity rules? I mean, basically, like, we are a huge experiment on productivity, uh, like trying different stuff and see if it works or not. Like right now, we are trying squads. So basically, like we have different teams such as iOS, Android, web, and these teams, they need to work together. And once, you know, you hit 50 people, it kind of gets very messy to work uh, together with so many people. So what we have come up with and we were uh, uh, inspired by Spotify is basically working on squads. And squads is like a mini team of like a developer, a designer, a marketing person, and they can go in and implement something from end to end across all platforms. Uh, So basically... Uh, for instance, right now uh, we are doing AI scheduling. So like we are going to introduce so the system can schedule stuff for you and learn your patterns and help you like plan your stuff. And basically like, this is a squad that does this from end to end. So that's like one thing. Uh, another thing is basically like new ways of communicating, uh, new ways of setting objectives and key results. So Basically, we were inspired by uh, Google and Intel, which has this system called OKR. OKR stands for Objectives and Key Results. So basically, every three months, every individual, every team, and the company itself, like we put like objectives for this quarter and key results for this quarter. So basically, this aligns everybody, becomes like objective-driven and key roles. So these are just like some of the things that we are experimenting with and seeing if it works or not. Very cool. I'm glad to hear that you guys are implementing those things and and moving forward in that way. Uh, As we kind of wind down our time here, I'd be remiss if I didn't have you talk about what do you see as the uniqueness or unique benefit of using Todoist over a different system? Bottom line... A lot of the systems are very, very similar. And I think like you can become productive using any systems, even like built-in uh, reminders on the iOS platform. I'm pretty sure like you can be very productive using that. I, I think though like something that, that, that is really different with, with Todoist is the power and the simplicity of the system and like this mix of these aspects. I, I don't really think like many other systems have this um and I think that's probably the biggest selling point. And also another thing is like we really care deeply about this. I have done this for almost 10 years. A lot of on my team have done it like almost for five years now. Like we are deeply invested in this and we want to make, you know, the best solution that is possible. And, you know, we have like 50 people working on making this awesome. I think like maybe this is not the case with some of the other competitors, especially like huge companies such as Apple and Google, like they don't really care about this. Like, you know, they like reminders or Google keep, like they aren't really powerful and don't really solve or try to solve 
the issues that people are facing. That would be my selling point. Amir, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, the pleasure has really been mine, Eric. And, you know, I hope that you continue doing this podcast. Yeah, I hope also I was a inspiration for the people that listen to this. Uh, yeah, I think productivity systems are still very, very niche. And I hope that you can find a way to actually get more people on board because like, I think everybody needs a productivity system. And if you don't have it, like you're just cheating yourself. I hope that people, if they don't have anything, hey, try Todoist. It's one of the ones that's out there that's across all platforms. You don't have an excuse. Well, thank you, Amir, for, for being on the show. Yeah, awesome. Uh, thank you and good luck in the future. Well, I hope that you are walking away from this conversation, not just thinking about productivity systems, but a personal productivity system for yourself that works for you. Again, in the past, I've said it really doesn't matter what system you're using or what task list management system you're using, as long as you're using one that works for you. If you don't have one, I highly suggest you take advantage of trying out Todoist. It is cross-platform, and then I hope you take heed of Amir's wise words of implementing mission-driven productivity. And yes, making it just that simple, that brainstorm and capture things elsewhere, decide whether you need to do them or when you need to do them, what is involved in doing them, <laughs> in doing them, but then nail them down into your task list once you've decided they are in your mission of what you want to get done and then prioritize them in the order they need to be done and then get them done and also give yourself some grace in case you don't get them all done in, in the same day that you've said you would do them thanks again to SaneBox for supporting this episode of Beyond the To-Do List make sure to go transform your email inbox insanity into a sane box by going over and grabbing the free two-week trial and $25 bonus credit from SaneBox with no credit card required. To do that, head on over to sanebox.com slash to-do. That's S-A-N-E-B-O-X dot com slash T-O-D-O. Thanks again, SaneBox. You're making my life a lot more sane, that's for sure. Hey, I'll see you next episode. Beyond the To-Do List is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Theorize over the TV shows Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, and Under the Dome. Laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx.